Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 42 of the Tutor Podcast. The Monday morning shot of uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through tutoring, teaching and coaching. Now today I'm going to be talking about getting organised. Why it can make a big difference to you and to your business. I'll also be sharing a bunch of ideas to help you get organised. So let's get cracking. Now on the face of it, as business people, organisation should be a given. But I know a lot of us tutors sort of drifted sideways into the business of teaching and started our businesses on the back of an envelope, so to speak. So we're not particularly organised. Furthermore, a lot of us are in the music and art science types of teaching niches. And I think we're possibly chaotic, particularly the musos, no offence. And we, because of our backgrounds in music, art, sciences, we don't have business experience. So we may not have adequate organisation. And that's why I do this podcast, because I'm a guitar teacher now, but before that I was deeply into science, business, more analytical trains of thought, and music was my hobby, my passion, which, having had a few insights along the way, I was able to convert into the basis for a business which I've run successfully now for 19 years. Um, also, there's a strange idea going around. Still, and I know a couple of people face-to-face, who are prone to this particular infection, let's call it, is that the business aspect is somehow dirty and it's less important than the arty aspects of what they do. They have a strange idea that organisation and having a system suppresses their creativity. I mean, it's complete nonsense. Having a routine or a system gives you a framework in which you can be more creative because you're not struggling to manage the chaos. Does that make sense? So let's crack on. Let's look at some organisational issues. The first one is organising your time. You can't really organise time, but you can organise yourself around your time. I wrote a book on time management called Elephant Sandwiches if you want to go and chase it down on Amazon. It's still there. Paperback and Kindle editions available. Best prices in town. Go grab a copy. I'm going to take a bottom-up approach on time organisation. First, I'm going to start with the daily aspects, the ups and downs, the nuts and bolts of your day. These are generally small tasks, your teaching sessions, managing and counting your cash, cleaning up after work, daily safety checks just to make sure that everything's running smoothly. Anything that you do on a daily basis, make it a routine. I suppose an obvious routine for me is at the end of a teaching day, I will vacuum and clean my teaching room, put everything where it needs to be. It has a start position at the the beginning of the day. I'll make sure that I've got adequate stationary equipment laid on. Everything's in the right place. So come tomorrow, I'm good to go. Organise your day. It just makes everything so much easier. Then there's the weekly aspects of it. These are slightly more blocky, lumpy tasks, but... By taking an overview of the time during the week, I can get a a feel for the shape of the week, if you like. 
the days when I've got, you know, 10 hours of teaching versus the days when I've got eight or somewhere I've got 12 hours. And I can plan everything else around that because they're the non-negotiable tasks in during the week. So it also lets me decide which days I'm going to work on, spot the holes in the schedule, fill in the blanks. At the end of the week, I'll generally check the bank, make sure that the people who have paid by bank transfer or who should have paid by bank transfer actually have. Give them a nudge. Once a week, they, I have one day where I go and do all the banking, bank the cash receipts and the checks, clean the car, put petrol in the car, buy any supplies that I need to get a hold of. So all the things that I have to do once a week that are off-site, I tend to take care of in just one day. Now, around that, I'll also schedule things like going to the gym, seeing my son, going out to see friends, taking a little time out just to do things that are important to me. But they have to fit in the schedule. It's not chaotic, and I have to organise things because my son lives 20-odd miles away. So the next step up from there is the monthly tasks. These are the lumpier tasks that need taken care of. So for me, that's bookkeeping. I still do it because I've got a background in accountancy. If you outsource it, it's not such a big deal, but your accountant or your bookkeeper will need to take care of it. Also do the bank reconciliation, look at the cash flows, transfer monies across to my investment business, do my management accounts, so I know whether I'm ahead of the game, behind how much I've made, lost. Uh, pay myself for my expenses, my mileages, the use of the home office, etc. All the things that add up over the month. You have to remember to pay yourself. And then I take care of maintenance tasks, things that maybe I've saved up during the course of the month that all get done together. Logically, then the next big step up is the yearly tasks, the big humps that come up once a year. Things like final accounts, filing your taxes, personal tax, your self-assessment, your corporation tax, your VAT, if you're VAT registered, making sure I pay myself dividends, then I do some strategic planning and I start to think about the shape and the the course of my business over the next few years. So looking at the vision aspect of my business. Now, altogether, that's a lot to take care of. So getting each element organised can help a lot because it effectively automates some of those things. If you know what needs done, you can get it done. If you don't know, you can't do it. So it's a great idea to begin with a capture list. When I did this myself, I had a bunch of post-it notes, each with an individual task on, that I posted onto a wall calendar, a weekly calendar, then a, month, a big yearly one on the wall. So the things that happened during the week were moved around until it looked good on paper. So once I'd managed to capture all of the activities, the tasks, and shape them into some kind of a plan. I was able to create a default for each day, then for each week, a default shape for the month and a default shape for the year. And defaults are really something that are of great value to you and to your business because they're something you can test and modify. They take a lot less energy to run than something you've got to make up from day to day. I suppose it's rather like having a uniform because you never really have to think about what you're wearing from one day to the next. It just runs on automatic. So the next thing you can, you can think about. So the next thing you can consider is what can you outsource? 
if you already have an assistant, great, cool. If not, you might want to think about getting one. Now, I'm quite a fan of virtual assistants because they're not traditional hire, so you haven't got to run a payroll. You just pay them for the amount of time that they work for you. They're probably less hassle than having to deal with someone face-to-face -face all the time, and they're invariably cheaper than running payroll where you've got to take care of national insurance and PAYE. Now, you can outsource bookkeeping, your accounts, cleaning, maintenance, and all aspects of your administration. I'm just about to outsource my bookkeeping because I can't be bothered with it anymore. I have a good accountant and an ordinary accountant. There is a big difference between those two things. And at some point, I'd like to bring one of those guys in. He's not the ordinary accountant. He's the other one. But outsource what you can because it frees you up to do the big, important income generating tasks for your business. Now, around the idea of having a routine or a, a default template week, set yourself reminders. I'm a still a paper lover. So I'd plan a lot on paper. It's easy for me. The problem I have with electronic things is the minute I put it on the screen, it looks good. And I get fooled. I get fooled into thinking I've got everything cracked when in actual fact it's all falling apart around my ears. The other big thing for me with electronic gadgets is they crash. Paper doesn't crash. So I'm a bit of a geek, as you may have already realized. I design my own custom Filofax pages in Microsoft Excel, where my daily routine is printed in every day. Uh, that tells me what I should be doing in an ideal week. And it automatically reminds me of what I'm giving up if I decide to chase off down a different rabbit hole and do something else, reminding me of what my opportunity cost is in pursuing those other things. Addition to that, I use a custom Microsoft Excel spreadsheet to manage my teaching day to day. My background's in accountancy. I like Excel, so I built myself a schedule, which is synced in Dropbox to all of my devices. So the two laptops, the home computer, the documents available on the phone, although it's a bit fiddly on the phone. Each of my students have a regular slot. And again, this is a routining thing. There's an automatic format button that if someone tells me they're away, I make a small entry and the color changes in the cell for that week and that slot. It's a different color, so it makes it easy for me to spot voids and fill them up. For each individual student, their name's in their routine spot and there's a hyperlink to their individual records. So it's a very fast way to me to get around. And all the time, this helps me to optimize my working hours by reducing voids. It's fast, it's very, very easy to use because if things are difficult to use, they're more trouble than they're worth in my experience. Now for the longer term, less frequent jobs where it would be pain in the neck to put them into my file effects all the time, I use a CRM program. Now CRM stands for Customer Relationship Manager and I keep in there contacts for my property business, my investment business, and the, the routine things that go on less often. So we're talking about email reminders to myself of what I need to take care of on the properties, renewal dates for tenancies, gas safety checks, maintenance jobs, rent due dates, that sort of thing. 
The tutoring business is also on there. So insurances, gift voucher expiration dates, because they sell a lot of gift vouchers this time of the year. Pricing reviews, planning session dates. The things that are less frequent and are very easy to let slip. Now, because they're, let's, because they're easy to let slip, you can get blindsided by really big, important, big things. And finally, across all of the businesses, the company's house statements, corporation tax filings, VAT, that sort of thing, they're all in the CRM program. So I'm emailing myself reminders of that. You could do it with Google Calendar. I happen to like the CRM program because I'm more interested in building a marketing branch of what I do to promote my own intellectual property, the books, the teaching system I've developed, and the management systems I've got to run an effective tutoring business. So that's why I'm still using that CRM program. One of the big importance here is that once you're organised, it frees you to get on with the teaching and making a difference to your customers. Organisation isn't a bad thing. It's really important. And it's important in ways that you're probably not aware of initially. It shows up in the way that you're perceived by your students and the way you teach. You see, if you're disorganised and chaotic, it undermines your credibility because you're perceived as an amateur. If you're perceived as an amateur, you're devalued in the marketplace. You can charge a lot more if you're seen as being a highly organised professional rather than a chaotic amateur. I remember being told once that when my student came to me for the first time, in his head he said, ah, at last a professional. And I was the fifth local guitar teacher that person had tried. When he walked in, he went, at last a professional. What a great first impression to create, just by being organised and switched on. That came from my working space. It's well organised, it's clean, it's well lit. And straight away he knew that he found the right teacher for himself. Now, because things are well organised, not only does it position you better in the marketplace, it makes things less stressful for you. Now, if, if you work in the environment, your organisation systems are less stressful, you can be more relaxed, you can have a lot more fun as you work. So if you combine those two elements, you're going to get paid less for having more fun and be more effective. Now, that, to me, looks like a double whammy of fantasticness. But what do you think? I don't know. But what I really recommend is that you do make the effort to become organised because it makes everything else run more smoothly. Day to day, week to week, month to month and from year to year. It all adds up. Easier days make easier months via easier weeks and altogether easier years. Trust me on this. Because in the early days, I didn't get organised early enough. There were pile-ups of students showing up for the same time slots. There were voids I didn't fill up and deadlines that got missed. It was messy and I was borderline out of control. I eventually woke up and I got my act together. My days became more productive. There were no more embarrassing pileups and conflicts. There were fewer voids and I made more money. But best of all, teaching became even more fun. And I could raise my prices because I was perceived as being more professional and thus more valuable to my students. But here's the thing. It was my students who told me to charge more. Now, there's a ton of cool tips about pricing in episode 13 already. But be aware that how you perceived, whether you're a chaotic amateur or an organised professional, 
will make a difference. So get cracking organising yourself. If you're already well organised, well done. If you're not so well organised, where are the gaps that you can make good? And if you are chaotic and out of control, start now. Because if you're growing and scaling your business up, the problems that you have now will be amplified as you move to scale and the volume of students and contacts and information and money increase. So how do you do it? What works for you? I'd love to hear from you. So send me your insights because I'm here to learn from you guys too. Now in the next episode, we're talking about getting all you want for Christmas, how I'll be using my downtime to build my Christmas list. So I'm going to wrap up on organization for the day. Let me know what caught your ear in this episode and how you're getting on putting some of these ideas to work in your business, whether they make a difference to you, because that's what I'm here for. Until next time, where we will be talking about getting all you want for Christmas. Remember, subscribe to the Tutor Podcast, share it with your friends, and get all the updates and tips to help you to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Join me, Neil Camado, for the next episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.